Welcome to Mustang Open Mic. The city of Mustang is highlighted, explored, and celebrated. A podcast discovering the vision of the city through inspiring conversation with Mustang leaders. And now your host, James Wall. Welcome to Mustang Open Mic, a podcast for Mustang about Mustang. My guest today is Councilman Brian Greider. A good friend of mine and a councilman since May of 2015. Brian, glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started, because I really want to know what's going on in the city of Mustang. But give us a little history on yourself. Uh, my family moved to Mustang in uh, 1991. I was in uh, first grade, getting ready to go into second grade, and um, we've been here Ever since then, um, graduated there. My brother and sister graduated from Mustang and everything. And um, but uh, I went went to school at OBU in Shawnee and um, came back and um, actually went on staff at Trinity Baptist Church in uh, Yukon after um, college and met my wife there. And um, we moved. We lived in Yukon just for a few years and then moved back into Mustang in um, thirteen um, two thousand thirteen in April. Um, that year. And um, we've got three kids, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm the media pastor at Trinity Baptist in Yukon, and my wife, um, she's a graphic designer as well for uh, Kimray, an oil manufacturing uh, valve company in Oklahoma City. That's great. Well, thank you very much for that. And one of the things I'm trying to do uh, in this podcast is just really figure out what makes Mustang tick. What's the vision of the city? And I'm really trying to bring everybody along with me on this adventure and this journey that I'm down on myself. So let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, uh, what got you into politics? Um. I've always been interested in the political aspect of things. Um, even as a young child, I was always fascinated with politics, and my family was involved in politics. You know, I remember campaigning years ago for, um, you know, governor or different representatives or lieutenant governors and different things back whenever I was in elementary school and middle school. Um, but whenever we moved back um, in Mustang City Limits in 2013, it was pretty immediate for us that we, uh, me and my wife both just kind of felt this sense of calling to um, look into running for city council then. And that was, um, you know, the, we prayed about it for well over a year because the filing for that wasn't even until December of 2014. Mm. But for whatever reason, it was just kind of on our hearts that um, we, we knew even then, um, you know, over a year in advance that we really felt like that was something we were supposed to do. That's great. And that heart really shows and that you show up in everything. <laughs> You've been at many of the events that I've been at, uh, and I really appreciate your dedication as a council member. There's, I don't know if I know any of them that work as hard as you do. I don't know when you sleep, though. Do you mm, sleep? Every once in a while. Every once so, in a while. That's great. Depends on what's on TV. <laughs> Hey, the other question I have is, is as a newcomer myself, I've only been here six months, and so I'm trying to really uh, just just understand what goes on here in Mustang. Because every p- person I meet, you know, especially longtime members and even newer people, they have this love for the city. I mean, it's just kind of like, man, we love Mustang. 
So where do you think that comes from? And kind of give me a history of the town and fill me in on that. You know, Mustang, um, Mustang's a great community. And for, I know for my family, it was one of those things. um, My parents were interested in moving out here because um, it was a lot safer than where we were um, in Oklahoma City at the time. And then the schools, Um, Mustang has a very good school program. And um, I'd say a third thing I'll add on there is they have a very good special needs program. Mm. Um, I've got a special needs sister that's a year older than me. So at that time she was in second grade, third grade and uh, Mustang schools was able to offer a lot of programs for her as a special needs student that Oklahoma city wasn't able to match. Um, But Mustang is a very much, I I would say Mustang's a very um, family oriented community. Um, there's a, a lot of community. There's a lot of um, things for families to do, whether that be through the schools or through Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts or through the churches or through the community center. Um, it's very focused around families and um, even the faith-based community. You know, there are a lot of great churches in Mustang, and I think that's a draw for a lot of people, too. I know um, many people that live outside of Mustang that will come into Mustang for church. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, just the family atmosphere and the, the safety aspect of Mustang, Mustang's a very good community. Well, we've really enjoyed being here and getting to know a lot of people. And you were really one of the first people that introduced me to a lot of the leaders in Mustang. And I've gotten to see some insight in just the very short time that I've been here that has been just, I wish everybody knew it. Yeah. I I would say for me, that was one of the things that I really um, enjoyed getting on the council because um, I've, I, you know, I've been here for, you know, most of my life. So I know a lot of people in Mustang, but um, as soon as I got on the council, I was able to meet um, some of the people, even just that work at City Hall, you know, right. our community development director, our finance director, you know, our assistant city manager and our city manager and meet some of them and get to um, know who they are and their heart behind, um, you know, what they do. And, you know, they're for what a lot of them do, it could very easily be a job. And for every one of them, I can tell you it's not. I mean, it's it's very much a love for this community mm-hmm. and a love for the people in this city and town. And, you know, um, it's not a job for them. They, they truly love Mustang as well. Well, as a council member, you probably get some insight into what's coming next. And uh, what do you see coming in the next five years? Well, I can't tell you. You can't. No, just, oh. <laughs> I mean, there are things, you know, yeah. um, I, I think for Mustang, you know, I think we definitely have a heart to continue to um, look at different things. You know, we, we've been working on the long range plan for 2020 right. type deal and um, looking at what does that look like for Mustang? Because Mustang's growing, you know, um, you look at um, what was it? 1990. Um, they were saying that there was about 10,400 people here, and now we're over 20,000. Right. And, um, I mean, Mustang's a large area, and and you can't really slow that down because because of how great of an area and community Mustang is. People want to be here. They want to raise their families here. You know, I know a lot of people that I grew up with who have now moved back to Mustang to raise their families here because they feel the same way. And 
Um, so I think one of the things that I feel like we're very focused on is public safety and, um, traffic right now. Right. Um, yeah. you know, traffic, anytime you've driven through Mustang around four o'clock, five o'clock, mm. you know, it's, it's not easy. And, you know, we're, we are working on ways to try to make that easier and, you know, widen some roads and add some extra, um, widening, you know, to three lanes or four lanes or five lanes and different things. Um, but I, I definitely would say, um, you know, the recent sales tax, um, extension that just passed through has a lot of community focused things, you know, with the new, uh, all inclusive playground that will be available for, um, special needs kids as well as their brothers and sisters that don't have certain needs. They'll be able to play on that together. You know, there's a new splash pad that'll be included with that. You know, a Mustang is very, some of our sports, um, fields are some of the best ones around. You know, there's a lot of people that come into this community for baseball tournaments or softball sure. tournaments or soccer tournaments. And and so I, I think Mustang has worked very well, not just the city, but even with the school and partnering with that relationship to um, build a community that brings people in to be able to be here and stay here, but also feel safe. Um, you know, one of the things, I think I've shared this with you, I, it it's one of the things that I'm very passionate about on the public safety side um, is putting together a plan um, for the churches on public safety. Oh, um, right. So mainly in like disaster plans, you mm-hmm. know, um, my brother's family, um, they lost their home in the more, the last more tornado. Right. And um, so tornado type stuff is very important to me. And uh, while I was running for city council, I came across a plan um, that I would like to be able to try to implement here, working together with churches so that if a tornado were to come through Mustang, you know, every single church wouldn't be collecting water. Right. Um, You know, we would have the plan in place already to know, okay, this church over here is collecting water. This church over here is collecting food. This church over here has a gym that can sleep 300. This church over here has a gym that can sleep 200. This church has showers. This church is where American Red Cross can set up so that there's already a plan in place rather than everybody doing the same thing. Right. Um, So I I think there are definitely some steps. You know, uh, one of the other things as far as public safety goes um, was whenever I was running for city council, uh, Chief Hickman, our uh, fire chief uh, was bringing forward a plan to um, build a substation because, you know, we sure. go back to the the traffic issues. You yes. know, if, if your house is on fire on the east side of town at five o'clock on a Tuesday, um, it's going to take a little bit longer for a fire truck to get through. So um, that was one of the things that was on the sales tax extension is we are moving forward on building a substation fire department on the east side of town. And with that is also a command center for an emergency operations center to where if there were ever any kind of natural disaster or big disaster plan, the city can still function um, through that um, rather than, you know, if the whole city were wiped off or, you know, whatever, right. whatever unfortunately could happen type deal. Um, the city is very focused on public safety, I would say. That, man... You said a lot in that. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, I no, no, rambled. no, no, no. It's perfect. It's really wonderful. But I do want to go back to something that you said yeah. as far as the special needs mm-hmm. park that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think your wife has a lot to do with yes. that, doesn't she? Yes, my wife is. Um, she is the executive director of the Mustang Parks Foundation, and that's a nonprofit that was formed. 
oh, a little over a year ago, I believe, and um, they kind of wanted to come in as a uh, Friends of the Park organization for our Parks and Recreation Department and just be supportive of that and raise awareness and raise um, money for different projects. And, you know, they'll, they'll be looking to not only, you know, do this park, um, but, you know, they'll at some point look at going into the other, I think, 10 or 11 or 12 neighborhood parks and just parks throughout the community and saying, okay, you know, are, are there some other pieces of special needs equipment that we could bring into some of these other parks? Because, um, you know, the, the hope and idea would be, you know, could you imagine if most of the parks or all of the parks in our community had some oh, special my. needs yes. um, accessibility. And I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know of any other communities around here that could say that, you know, right. there are some uh, other communities that have some stuff, but if we could do that throughout the community, that would be great. You know, they'll, they'll look at doing an adopt a park program through boy scouts or through churches, you know, to where, you know, once a month, you know, your youth group could go out and spruce up the park a little bit, sure. clean up or, you know, different things. So the, the friends are the Mustang Parks Foundation obviously uh, fairly new still, but mm-hmm. um, it's been very successful and an exciting thing. So um, the all-inclusive playground, you know, there are steps in place um, to get that going and um, as of right now um, be completed by spring this year. So That's great. Now that's going to be on the south side of the library? Yes, just south of the library at the okay. community center. And I think there's a sign up there. Is yes, there is a banner out there. Um, and that's, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be kind of a one of a kind park around Mm. here. You know, there's not a whole lot like that. And we, I think it'll be a draw for other people, um, for sure, because Mustang, Mustang, like we said, you know, their school system does have a large special needs base. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember the exact number. I want to say there's over 1200 or 1300 students in Mustang public schools, that have um, some sort of special needs, right? And um, that's a that's a large group. And um, Mustang has always been very supportive of their special needs students, and they have a very good special needs program. You also talked about a little bit about the the infrastructure of Mustang, mm-hmm. especially the roads and how yeah. hard it is to get around. Yeah. And you said Mustang was really big. But Mustang is actually only 12 square miles, isn't it? Yes, it's six miles wide and two miles deep. But the actual school district... School district is 69 square miles. Okay, so that that puts it up a lot higher. Yes. And it really... There's a lot of roads that even Mustang doesn't have any responsibility or can't even do anything with, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, especially as far as school district-wide goes. Um, there's a lot of areas where, you know, um, you know, I know right after the turnpike kind of passed through that it was going to happen, there were some people frustrated with some of us on city council saying, you know, can't believe y'all are letting that happen, and, you know, we're going to vote y'all out of office. And it was like, okay, well, you need to understand it's not even coming in Mustang city limits. And it really doesn't have anything to do with us. Right. Um, you know, now we are going to receive some benefits from it, from the aspect of one of the things that we've been wanting to do for a while is to widen Sarah Road. Oh, yes. Um, from 152 to 59th. Well, um, you know, 
since the turnpike is coming through and, you know, they're going to have an exit, you know, a few miles north of there, um, the turnpike, I don't remember all the 100% specifics, but the turnpike will essentially pay for half of our construction cost to widen Sarah Road from 59th to 152. That's great. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's free money for us that they're going to pay for. Um, you know, we still have to pay for, you know, moving uh, utilities and right-of-ways and stuff like that, which we would have to do anyways. Right. And then rather than us having 100% of the construction costs, we have 50% of it. Now, are they going to also extend that road from 59th all yes. the way to the turnpike? Yes, it'll go from 59th up until wherever the turnpike's at, but that part is uh, Oklahoma City's responsibility. But they are going to yes. go ahead and do four-lane all the way. Yes. Yes. Through there. Yeah. Okay. And I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say that there's a good chance that there will be a stoplight there at 59th and Sarah Road as well. That would be wonderful. Yeah. As and someone I, who drives there a lot yeah. Oh, yeah. and goes through that intersection, yeah. sometimes it can be, you can be backed up a long way, especially at drive time. Yeah. And then, you know, we're also in the process of widening Mustang Road from 152 down to the railroad tracks, which that'll pretty much be a three lane, but that'll help a lot with traffic um, for school area. Because if I remember right, the center lane going south will just be a turn left lane so that if you're going to Mustang Elementary, you can get in that center lane and you've got you know, a clear path, but if you're going to the high school or to, you know, wherever you can stay in that far right lane and, you know, keep going past the cemetery. And then another thing on the list is, um, see 89th street from highway four, you know, the Uh turnpike, um, the road going down a Tuttle to Mustang road, that'll be widened to, I believe four lanes. And that one will have a stoplight as well, which, you know, that's a very dangerous intersection there because it's such a wide road that, um, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been some pretty bad wrecks there over time and everything. And there's been a lot of uh, people requesting a stoplight there. And that is something that, you know, it's, it's in the works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as you think about the city, as you think about your responsibility as a council member, what do you feel like is the greatest challenge facing Mustang right now? I, I would, I mean, the traffic is obviously one that um, it's it's a tension to manage. Um, you know, I, I don't right. think it'll ever be fixed. Um, and then the other side is just, you know, there there's definitely two frames of thought as far as Mustang. There's there's people um, that feel like we don't need new business. We don't need new growth. We don't need new. And it's like, I understand that, you know, whenever I came to Mustang, we were a lot smaller town and, um, yeah, there were nice parts about that, but, um, we're going to grow and people are going to be moving in. And I I just think probably the hardest part is saying, you know, we want to make sure to properly manage that. We want to make sure that we try to make the best decisions we can for that growth. And, um, it's a it's a tough part, but you know, whenever we were doing the long range planning, one of the things that really struck uh, me was as we were just talking about things that you know my family, you know, on a personal level, not necessarily a council member sure. level, but a personal level. What would I like to see in Mustang? And for us, it's things to do. Yes. Now, there's a lot of stuff to do with the community center and a lot of those things. And obviously, you know, we do have a bowling alley. But as far as other entertainment type stuff, there's not much outside of the community center or the school events. You know, I love going to the football games and basketball games and all of that. But um, I think I think anything we can do to be able to keep people home is good. Um, you know, I, I 
it's always difficult whenever, if you wanted to, you know, I remember whenever I was in high school, middle school, you know, if I wanted to go do anything, we would have to go to Oklahoma city or sure. go to, you know, if we want to go see a movie, we've got to go to Yukon. And I, I don't know that I would say, let's get a movie theater, but you know, maybe we would, you would have one someday. Um, you know, there used to be a lot of complaints that we didn't have anywhere to eat and, you know, we're getting a lot of good places to eat now. So that's, that's nice. I like being able to eat in Mustang. And we have a lot of chicken places. Yeah, we have a lot of chicken places. Yukon has more, but we, we do have quite a few. <laughs> But we've got some diverse chicken places. So we do. That's good. It's really good. So let me ask you, a, kind of a, a, a really a Jim Collins question. Okay. And uh, really, he introduced this in his book, "Built to Last." And the the question is, is if you could take your your dream brush, your paintbrush, and just paint where the future of Mustang would go and what that canvas would look like what's your what's your BHAG your big hairy audacious goal for for Mustang what would it look like I mean and, you, and I'm thinking about that because I'm thinking about your children yeah. that are growing up in the next 20 years they're going to be having families and bringing those families to Mustang in in that 20 years yeah um, I mean for us you know, safety is one of the the things. You know, when we were uh, when we first got married, we uh, got a house in Yukon for a little while, and it was actually in Oklahoma City limits. And I remember I was talking to an Oklahoma City police officer, and I asked him, I said, you know, what's the response time for a general call? You know, if we have an issue and we call somebody out, he said, oh, where you're at, probably about forty five minutes. And we were on Reno and Check Call. I mean, we weren't out off Banner Road or anything like that. And um, I just thought, man, you know, raising a family, I, I, that's kind of scary. Um, and so that was one of the reasons whenever we started looking to move that we wanted to be in Mustang City Limits right. because we knew that they had great public safety and we knew response time was within a few minutes. And um, my wife would kill me for sharing this, but <laughs> a few weeks after we moved, um, she had started her car and went inside to grab something. The kids were out there running. We have remote start on our cars, but she put her purse in there. And whenever she went inside to grab something, um, the doors automatically locked. And so cars running, you know, ACs on everything oh. like that. Both kids are in there and the keys are in there. And, yep. you know, we called the fire department and they were there within three and a half minutes. And I thought, you know, um, that's one of the reasons we moved here. Yeah. Um, you know, that was incredible response and i was very thankful for that and i've you know i've told that story multiple times but um i I want mustang to continue to be a safe community and you know going back to that and just talking about how committed some of our people are you know we've got we've got a new uh police chief rob gross close he's a great guy and um you know he's very committed and very excited to be here as well um you know we've got um i want to say we have seven uh current police officers that um, I, I, if I remember right, they've done this out of their own pocket and their own time have went and gotten uh, certified to be, uh, bicycle police officers. Oh, wow. Now the city doesn't own any bicycles for police officers right. or anything, but they've seen the value in that and what that could add to our community to be able to, you know, ride bikes through neighborhoods or different things. And, um, you know, we've even got one officer that even went and bought his own bike and kind of outfitted it with different things. And he's been able to use it for Western days or other events and stuff. 
And um, we've, we've got some great public safety people and they're very committed to that. And then I would say, you know, as far as broad brush dream, you know, just kind of what I was saying on the last deal, um, you know, some, some more things for us to do here in the community. Um, You know, I know the schools in the process of um, getting ready to do, a school bond issue, and one of the things is a fine arts facility. Right. And um, that fine arts facility can bring a lot of things to the community as far as concerts or plays or different things. You know, I know um, somebody that him and his wife do a lot of beauty pageant contest uh-huh. things, and they're always looking for communities to be able to host those because they do bring a lot of people to the community. And um, as of right now, there's nowhere in Mustang to really host that properly. Um, and there's also not a lot of hotel space. Um, you know, obviously that's something we do have a hotel that's being built, should be built. I want to say towards the end of this year, um, down off Mustang or off 152. But, um, I think the more, um, type things that we can have for people to do in Mustang is great because, um, it keeps people here. It keeps tax dollars here, but we also know this is a safe place to do things. And I thought it was interesting that we don't have a lot of uh, hotel spaces here. Yeah, and yeah there's one I, little hotel behind McDonald's that's been there for a long time, and right. that's been it. <laughs> that's it. Well, okay, as someone on the council, you've got to lead. And what's the greatest leadership lesson you've learned as a councilman? I would probably say so far it's just that... Um, I'm definitely never the smartest person in the room, <laughs> and it, right. it's definitely not a one-person deal by any means. Um, you know, the, we've got people on the council that have been there for 15, 20 years. Um, you know, our mayor, Jay Adams, has been on the council for a number of years, and he's also um, just, you know, worked for ODOT and different organizations for years. And, um, you know, Jess Schweinberg's been on the council for I think six years uh, yet now, and um, Jess is a very wise man, and I, I lean a lot on them and their wisdom on things, and you know I've got um, good relationships with some of the former council members okay. that um, have been there recently or were there in the '90s and different things, and you know if there's stuff that comes up, I, I try to do what I can to call them and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this, and what are your thoughts? Because um, my biggest um, my biggest heart and voice on this was I didn't want being on the council to be about me or my wife or my family or our thoughts or our plans or anything. I wanted to be able to be a voice for the people in our community and, you know, to share people's concerns and thoughts and ideas. Or if you, you know, if you have a question, ask it, you know, let's find out, you know, this last week, uh, our last few weeks, you know, I got five phone calls about why weren't um, there any Christmas decorations out through Mustang along the streetlights. Oh, sure. Um, right. In the past, we have had decorations out. You know, last year, they didn't go out because um, it was we had a major ice storm over Thanksgiving, and that weekend was normally when they go out. Well, our firefighters were more focused on getting tree limbs and getting sure. roads cleared and all that type of stuff. Well, this year, it turns out that whenever they went to kind of get some of those decorations, a whole lot of them were just... torn up and they were just destroyed. So we've got different things in place. But it was interesting to me that there were a lot of people wondering, and it might have just been those five people in the entire community, but I'm sure there were others that, you know, and it was like, people need to be able to feel like they can ask those questions, you know, the small things, then, you know, they matter to people. And, um, you know, so I want to 
I want to be able to continue to be somebody that listens to other people's um, opinions and views. And I think um, it's something that I knew that going in, but, um, you know, I, I try to go to the positive posse coffee that we have on Tuesday mornings at the community center. And, you know, it's a great way to meet different people, but it's a great way to just hear other people's ideas and thoughts as far as the community, Mustang, Oklahoma, and different things. And, you know, if a a school bond election's coming up or a citywide uh, tax election's coming up, you know, you get to hear different people's thoughts and ideas and questions and everything. And it, to me, it helps us be better leaders because, we're not just making the decision based on what we think is best. Right. So. Yeah. Well, that's some good leadership uh, guidelines to actually live by in other areas or areas of your life as well. So thank you for that. So what is the most ridiculous request you've ever had as a phone call from just a citizen? Now, don't give names if you know names, but just the most you just you just went. I can't believe they asked that question. Man. Um, oh, I'll, you've had that many. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be honest. I've been, I've been rather fortunate. I don't know. I don't know that I've had any of those. Um, I've been hung up on um, by somebody just because she didn't like the answer that I was giving her. Um I really haven't had anything too ridiculous. Now, I will say um, a good friend of mine, I was I was actually up in Washington, D.C. a few years ago, and he was up there. We were at a deal, and he was asking me, he said, you know, why, why did you decide to go for city council? And I kind of shared with him. He said, yeah. He said, you know, a friend of mine, an Oklahoma city council, uh, Oklahoma city city council, he said he, you know, he got phone calls from somebody and you know, they were all upset that their trash hadn't gotten picked up. And so they called him day after day. He said, finally, he, he was able to go and get a garbage truck and go get their trash and pick it up himself and just, you know, to kind of shut him up and get it over with. And, you know, he thought, okay, they're going to be happy. It's a great deal, whatever. He said, then they called him the next day and griped and said, man, they were terrible. They left trash everywhere. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But fortunately, I mean, I really haven't had any crazy requests of anybody. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't really, it's very rare that you get a phone call of anybody that's happy or um, thankful. You know, I've gotten a few and, you know, got one last week, which was very nice and surprising. But generally, if people call, they're upset or, you know, a code enforcement issue that they disagreed with or different things. But um, I really haven't had any crazy requests. So, so for those that don't know uh, city government, Tell us a little bit about the council. How many councilmen people are on there? Who kind of chairs that? What does it look like? When do you meet? Um, City council, there are seven members total. There's six council members and then the mayor. The mayor is citywide, so his election is all 12 square miles. Um, And then the other six are broken up by wards, and the wards are broken up by population. So um, some of the more spread out um, areas um, have like three square miles. Um, Mine, there's a lot of homes, so I have one square mile. I represent one square mile. Um, It's probably a little bit over a 1,000 homes or so. Um, And, you know, the... We, we all have a vote. You know, it's a 
seven of us. <laughs> and, right. Um, you know, the mayor um, is definitely, you know, kind of in charge of us and different things, and he leads our meetings. Um, we work very closely with uh, our city manager, Tim Rooney, who um, Tim's been here um, probably four or five years, uh, three, four or five years, somewhere like that. And Tim's a very great leader and somebody that we've been able to um, lean on his expertise for different things. Um, our meetings, we, we generally meet uh, twice a month. It's generally the first and third Tuesday at City Hall at 7 o'clock. Um, and then every other month, um, we actually have a work session. Okay. And it's the, I think it's the first or second Monday of the month. That's awful that I don't know that right offhand. I think it's the second Monday of the month. Yeah, because we've got one next week. And um, I really enjoy our work sessions. You know, they're at 630 on a Monday night, but those can generally last anywhere between, you know, 30 minutes to two hours or so. Okay. But that's, uh, it's not a time where we vote on anything, but it's where we can really sit down and talk about issues or talk about things that we're wanting to move forward on. Or, and um, it's really where we can sit down and talk about the meat of some issues. And they're open to the public as well. Um, they kind of rotate, you know, different areas as far as where they're at. Sometimes they'll be at the fire station or the police station or, um, you know, sometimes they're at City Hall. But I think this next one's at the community center. Mm. Um, but they're, our work sessions are very, very enjoyable. Um I would say enjoyable. That might be a glutton for punishment, but uh, I enjoy them because we can really sit down and ask some questions and talk through things. And again, they're, you know, they're very informal. There's no votes on those nights. But um, so for somebody that's a spectator that says, "I want to come and be a part of that," yeah, do you sit and just listen, or is there? Yeah, is that uh, generally? I would say yeah. You they sit and listen. I think. I mean, all of us generally, you know, if somebody, if you know, if you were there sitting in the peanut gallery or whatever and had yeah. some questions, I, I think everybody would be okay with people asking questions, um, you know, as long as they're on topic and different things. We generally don't have a lot of spectators there, uh, right. a lot of community people. There's sometimes, depending on what's on the agenda, there will be one or two people there or the newspaper people will come and take notes or different things. Um, but... I like I said, I enjoy those meetings a lot because we really get to talk through, you know, issues or problems or projects coming up and different things. How how well do you feel uh, people are actually connected to really what's going on in Mustang? I mean, as far as like voting and and uh, participating, tell so share with me. How many? You said you had a thousand homes, mm-hmm. and out of those a thousand homes, you're you've been a councilman since May of 2015. I believe that's right. Yes. So May of 2015. Mm-hmm. So when you were, how many people voted for you? How many, just kind of yeah. give me that scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit over a thousand homes, and I knocked, I knocked every door at least once. And um, that was probably February and March. And then I kind of went back through the voter list as far as to see who has generally voted in the last three or four elections. And there's about 350 um, homes that have, or people that have voted in the last three or four elections. So I went and knocked their doors, you know, one more time. And then the weekend before my election, I had a handful of people, um, friends and family that went around and just kind of went down um, every street and all, you know, 1,100 homes that weekend before and remind 
people, you know, get out and vote this Tuesday. And we had 195 people get out and vote. For the total in that area? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, if you think, you know, 1,000, 1,100 homes, and obviously not every home has um, two voting people, but some homes will have three or four, you know, if they have kids at home. Um, You know, it it was a very low turnout. And honestly, the mayor's election was going on at that same time, and that was a citywide election. Right. So out of a 20,000 community, Obviously, you know, there's kids in there as well, and not everybody's registered to vote. But out of 20,000 um, citizens in Mustang, we had, I want to say it was 749 people vote in the wow. last mayor's election. Um, now, the last sales tax election, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was more. Um, right. I want to say we might have had around 2,000 or 2,500 or something. But um, there's not a lot of people that vote, and I, I don't I don't get that. Um it's, it's bothersome, and I, I feel like we try to do a good job. I mean, it, it is in the papers, and obviously there's things on social media. And, you know, social media is a, a great tool um, and a big liability at the same time. Right. You know, it's, there's definitely ways to stay informed and keep people informed on social media. And then sometimes you'll feel like everybody's against something if you read it on social media, and then you realize, oh, it's actually just about 10 people. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, right. Um, I think people... I, you know, I know people are busy. You know, I know me and my wife with three kids. My wife works full time, and I work full time. And then, you know, my wife has started a nonprofit, and I'm on city council, a volunteer position that meets a few times a month, and other various things. I mean, I, I get it. We're busy. I think people, I think people are as informed or connected as they want to be. Sure. And um, generally. Um, they they want to be more connected than they really are, right. but they don't realize it until they miss something. You know, um, you will, we'll have a big community-wide Easter egg hunt up at the community mm-hmm. center, and then people will say stuff on Facebook like, oh, I didn't know anything about it. And it's like, well, it's been in the paper for the last sure. month. It was on Facebook going out every few hours for the last few weeks, and then... You know, it was on the big digital marquee out on Mustang Road, and there was flyers up, and there was stuff sent to schools, <laughs> and it's like, right. so I, I, I think, you know, I definitely feel like communication is one of those things that I think every organization has to do better at. I think I have to do it at my job. My wife has to do it at her job, and I, I think families have to communicate better. I think, you know, every, I think any way that. You know, you said something earlier about you feel like you see us at a lot of stuff, you know, me or my wife or both of us. And I think for us, that's one of the things is we like being at things because it helps us be informed and it helps us be involved in the community and build those relationships and know what's going on. You know, um, Desiree uh, Weber, our library director, um, she sends out an email every week and I think you can sign up for it on the city's website to where... It's pretty much a, this is what's going on for the next 30 days in Mustang. Oh, that's great. And, I mean, it has stuff for the Senior Adult Center, the Parks and Recreation Department, the library. I mean, they've got stuff going on all the time. And um, and that's just the city stuff. That's not the school stuff or church stuff or whatever. Right. And so, I mean, if you know, I, earlier, you know, I'm saying that there's not a whole lot of stuff to do in Mustang. And that's not really true. I mean, there is a lot of stuff to do in Mustang. Um, but, um, it's just, I, I think people aren't always aware of everything that the city has to offer or the schools have to offer or churches have to offer. And, um, I think even what you're doing here will be a great way to help get the word out on a lot of yeah. that stuff. So, Well, 
before we end our time together, I wanted to do one thing. I wanted to do a lightning round with you. Okay. All right. So okay. this is just a couple of questions. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but you got to answer, answer them pretty quickly <laughs> okay. here. All right. So this is kind of a lightning round. And for this first question, since you're a pastor, you can't use the Bible okay. as your answer. But we can edit this, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yes. So uh, what's your favorite book that you've read in the last year? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book that I try to read about once every two or three years um, called Celebration of Discipline by mm. Richard Foster. Yeah, great book. Um, it's just a very good, simple read. Um, yes. You know, it's not a very hard read. It's not difficult, not a lot of big words. It's just very uh, substantive for me. Yeah, a very powerful book. Yeah. And who was your greatest influence as a child? <sighs> Probably my dad. Um, I've met your dad. Yeah. Such a great guy. Yeah, my dad's a great guy. Um, I've I've always known uh, both of my parents for sure um, to always be hard workers, and but uh, I, I would say you know the thing that I feel like my dad always instilled in me and my brother is you know be a hard worker, work your butt off. Um, you know there's there's always work to be done, but also um, serve other people. You know I I can't tell you how many times. Um, Growing up, that I would go with my dad and help him work on somebody's washer or dryer right. or a refrigerator or do some tile job at their house or different things. And I mean, he was always, um, my dad and mom have both always been uh, true servants to other people. Um, so that everybody knows, give us their names. <laughs> no. um, my mom is uh, Barbie Greider. She's actually the children's pastor and preschool director at uh, Mustang United Methodist Church here in Mustang. And then my dad, his name is Wilson Greider, and he's actually the maintenance supervisor for Mustang. Schools. Okay. So, well, everybody knows him. Yeah. Now. There you go. Okay. Last lightning round question. Uh, well, I got two more. What's okay. your favorite place to eat in Mustang? Probably actually Toledo's. Ooh, okay. Um, the new Mexican place over behind uh, Luigiano's. I'm a, me and my wife kind of consider ourselves foodies. We really like eating at uh, hole in the wall independent type mm-hmm. places. And, um, we were excited to see Toledo's come in, and uh, it's very good Mexican food. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so what is the least known site that I need to visit in Mustang? The least known site. That I need to visit in Mustang. As someone who's kind of new in town, don't know all the sites or everything, where should I go to actually learn something about Mustang that would be Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think something that's good for anybody to check out, I actually have a little bit about it right here, which is kind of funny. Um, the Mustang Historical Society. Okay. What's you know that? Yeah. No, I don't know it's anything It's actually about it. the old uh, police department right across from the fire department right next to um, Del Rancho. Okay. Um, it's kind of a little Mustang museum. Um, you can call and make appointments to get in, but normally they're open on Saturdays from 10 to 2. and just kind of has a lot of history stuff about Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lady that she's been a longtime resident of Mustang. Um, her name is Carol Ann Hanna, that she's written two or three different books just about the history of Mustang. Oh, really? Okay. And, I mean, it goes back, you know, 100 years on different things. Um, but I know that they've got those there. They have those books available at the library as well. But... Um, I mean, if you definitely want to know about Mustang and Mustang's history, I would say the Historical Society is definitely a place to check out. That is great. Brian, it's been an honor to have you with us today. And uh, thank you for taking your time out of your busy life. I know you could have used it to sleep, but thank you for taking your time to join us today. 
And for our listeners, uh, we encourage you to go to mustangopenmic.com and download this podcast. You will also find us on iTunes. And thank you for joining us.